Hello and welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Collier, candidate engagement author and speaker. I'm, of course, joined by my gorgeous co-host, Audra Knight, employer branding genius, who currently has a very purple fringe, like very, very purple, which must mean there's an event coming up. I'm super excited today to be talking to Heidi Wassini because we met at an extremely strange conference a few years back and I've heard her speak and think she's amazing. So very excited to have you on the show, Heidi. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you, Heidi. Could you start by giving us a little background as to how you got into the recruitment talent acquisition space? Absolutely. Um, I actually started out a completely different place because I became an English-Spanish translator. That's my education. And uh, then after that, I joined the mobile business, the tele product manager, a number of years. And then uh, it was very dynamic. So they, you know, they were upscaling, downscaling all the time. Yeah. And eventually it was just kind of, I was moving from one company to another and another. And then, and I was just like, okay, maybe I should just stop and to figure out what I actually want to do uh, rather than just following the career path that I was on. And uh, I, uh, I've never been one to just sit around at home and, and just look into the wall. So I decided to join a company um, as a temp and it became a permanent position. And that's how I got into recruitment. And that was, um, that was back in 2007, I think it was. And uh, after six months, so you, you actually months, strategically went in, you didn't fall into it like the rest of us. <laughs> no, I, it was just like, <laughs> there's a temp position here. So do you want that? And I was like, actually, when I started there, I was like, Oh, my gosh, I completely forgot. I wanted to when I was first finished with my education, I really wanted to work with HR. Yeah, but the unemployment rate was sky high in Denmark at that point. So you were yeah. just lucky to get any kind of job. And then it just developed from there. And I never got into HR. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, suddenly I was there and then I didn't, I didn't kind of feel like my career was going fast enough. So I was lucky enough after a year that I got uh, my first recruiter job and then it's just been going uphill from there. <laughs> so did you start inside a company or did you start in an agency? Do they have Always inside a company. In I've never been in an agency before right. now. Okay. So just, oh, sorry. Oh yeah. Tell us your news. Yeah. <laughs> what, sorry? News? news tell us your news what's happening on monday (laughs) oh yeah i'm starting on monday (laughs) yeah yeah coming back heidi had heidi had twins heidi's tired sometimes heidi doesn't make sense so you've been (laughs) (laughs) pre-warned those twins would be exhaust anybody though what are they 18 months old uh 15 months old they just started learning months. how to walk so they're obviously walking in each direction running around and oh, falling yeah, right. off the couches and <laughs> all that perfect yeah. time to start a new job then exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's why i have a husband he can take care of the kids <laughs> like when, when you get too tired go back to work that's what it is exactly so <laughs> So what, what's the plan? What's the job? What are you doing? Tell us all. Spill the beans. Um, I'm st- yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually starting uh, a different kind of company this time because mm. uh, it's not an in-house and it's not um, heading up recruitment or whatever. So it's a, it's a personality test company that's called Master cool. Denmark. Uh, it's, they also have an international brand that's called uh, Master International, but this one is for the right. Danish brand. Yeah. And uh, I'm starting as a senior consultant. Uh, so basically uh, I will be um promoting and selling and key account managing all these personality tests but what i think is really interesting is that they are a very evidence and knowledge-based company and they want to be the leading advisor and the uh, sparring partner for companies within hr primarily recruitment and people development 
and she's really ambitious uh the ceo of the company i, I love what mm. she's doing she's a uh, she she's even better yeah. yeah it is i mean she's and she's really ambitious and she um She's already now, like within the last year, things has been happening around the company. Uh, even before I applied, I was just like, okay, there's some things going on there. Um, and then I applied for the position. And the more I got to learn about it, the more I was like, this is, this is ambitious. I want to be part of this. Mm. So what makes their product different from other stuff that's out there? Because obviously there's lots so of these, right? <clears throat> well, first of all, uh, there are tons of personality tests. Um, and like I said to her, if it was just mm. any kind of personality test, I wouldn't be working for them. If, if that was all it was about, I wouldn't be working yeah. for them because that, that doesn't bring anything. To me, it's not the yeah. test that brings it. It's everything around the test. So mm. first of all, I need to work for a company in which product I believe in. There are a couple yeah. of companies that I wouldn't be working for and there are a couple of companies that I want to mm. be working for. And this is one of them. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> companies you start working for and then think, what am I doing? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, they're just, you just have a preference for some things over some other things. Um, but what I really find interesting is that she really wants to, to change the way people think HR. She wants to take it to the next level. Um, and she's quite ambitious about that. And she wants everything based on data and evidence, which is yeah. pretty cool. It's so like you said, what, what's surrounding it is, is it's not only the personality test, it's everything you put around the personality test. It's the knowledge that goes behind the way you can use the personality test, because mm. the test is just a test. It's everything around it, everything, uh, the knowledge that goes around it. Is it for employees or is it for screening before you hire someone or either? It's, uh, it's for uh, before, it, well, they have different kinds. They both have uh, for screening or for um, testing people before you hire, but they also have team mm. development uh, type, mm. type, type tests. Mm -hmm. <laughs> say that three times fast on a Friday with yeah. a glass of wine. I was like, yeah, it was, uh, okay, type <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just put my teeth back in. So is the idea that you can kind of sit and work out the team fit, etc., as well? So that, to do that, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I mean, it's the first contract I've ever had where it says part of my contract is to keep updated, for example, through conferences and courses, etc. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can live with that. SourceCon Amsterdam, here we come. Exactly. <laughs> I need to have a source leads for my new job. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I need to be updated. So, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So, obviously, that kind of leads into our topic, isn't it? Which has completely gone out of my head. I'm having my Friday moment. So, the talent acquisition is the key to a company's growth. So, when we were chatting about that, you were kind of saying it's crazy that we don't invest in the people who bring in the people and like yeah. that whole. So do you want to tell me more about well, like, why this is a topic and why you want to yeah, shake um, up the world? I think, I think <laughs> one of the things that, that I think is interesting is that we put tons of money into developing the people and retaining the people when they're there. Mm -hmm. um, that's definitely, at least in Denmark, a trend that you see that there's mm -hmm. tons of de people development and uh, leadership development and all these things. But you kind of forget that the material that you have to work with, mm -hmm. of course, are the existing employees, but then there's all the people coming in. And with a turnover rate between anywhere from 10 to 25%, depending on the business and mm. the area, then there's a good, uh, good business case in actually putting a little bit more focus into the people that you hire rather than just to, mm. using all the money on the people that you, uh, you have in the company. Yeah. yeah. All the people that do the hiring. Exactly. I, I but never see, 
It's crazy how little money they get to invest in themselves in training for, yeah. you know, being better recruiters or better tools or like it's, it's not it, quite I mean, mind blowing. Ridiculous. Uh, I mean, right now a senior recruiter is somebody who has a couple of years of experience. And it's, mm. it's looked upon as a kind of like, that's where you start. It's not like real HR, but that's where you start. So you can do the real thing, mm. thing like being a partner. Um, there are very, very mm. few people who actually see recruiting as a professional part. And the newest trend in Denmark is that you have to be a sourcer, a researcher and a recruiter. And those are completely different skills, mm. which yeah. makes it even more interesting. So just because I, I saw this, somebody going, literally off i mean you know and you can tell that they're standing on a soapbox yelling on linkedin and they were going recruitment doesn't fall in hr talent acquisition is its own function and, and it, yeah. so, but it sounds very much like in denmark it's not it's quite within hr oh it's definitely within hr yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, that is and to me to me it should be like the center of hr yeah really see i can see them being yeah. separated yeah. No, no, because basically when I when I work with talent acquisition, what I do is I, use, I utilize everything that we have in the company. You need to look at the employee engagement. You need to look at the exit. You need to look at the, how people are doing and developing. Who are the talents in the company? What makes them good talents? What kind of leadership program do you have? What are the, uh, the skills that you have or the competencies mm -hmm. that you have as a, as a leader? When you take all that info and you put it into your strategy and you, then, you, then you look at the business strategy, combine that, and then you look into all the other different kinds of the things that that you need to do in order to to um, succeed in finding these people the right match. I don't think most recruiters do all of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that like, I just that's, don't that's, think they do. So it sounds like completely still. novel to me. But that's why it's so operational still, because people are are the recruiters themselves are not being strategic either. And mm. they, and if they wanna if yeah. they wanna be part of it. Uh, like I had a manager tell me one time, um, you know, you, you're just HR, you're just costing money. And I looked straight at him and I said to him, you know what, if I don't either save you money or make you help um, earn money, then I shouldn't be here. Yeah. It's hard to kind are of... You being, are you being distracted by the strange chat going on in the side channel? Yeah. <laughs> that, and then I can hear my so, babies crying outside. So. <laughs> for anyone listening to the podcast, currently Audrey's being attacked by the cat and there are goldfish eating each other. So this is why you should tune in live and join the side channel. <laughs> um, but I think one thing is that a lot of like head up, think of recruitment as something you just have to have versus like revenue generating if they do a great job, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's because a lot of recruiters don't have the necessary. See, my, 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 um, when I first started in HR uh, and I was uh, part of rolling out all these programs, the first mm -hmm. thing I said was, where's the return on investment? How do we know that all the money, the millions of, of proners that we invest in these different programs, how do we know that we get return on investment? Because I was from a product manager. It was all about show me the money. What can mm -hmm. we earn? You know? Um, and they just looked at me in shock and they were like, well, you can't measure that. And I'm like, mm. sure you can measure it. <laughs> and then, you know, Dave Ulrich and all these things started coming out. And, and I think what I took with me was that I will never do anything where I can't show the profit. So I'm either mm. saving you money or I'm making you money and I'll show you how I do it in, in each and every part of the process that I'm doing. So what was every, you, you could put money on anything. Yeah. For recruiters, what ways do you do it? What, sorry, like, what are your KPIs, like time to fill or quality of a, a hired or what ways do you show? 
revolution. You had to show that. And and also, who taught you to do that? Like, or did you just naturally think that way? Because it's well, it's actually interesting because I had a really, really awesome mentor, um, and she she taught me a lot that I know about strategic recruitment. Um, and I think one of the things that she she was very interested in how you take. Um, I'm sorry, baby's crying again. How I can you even take, hear yeah. baby's crying this time. <laughs> um, uh, what was I saying? She was very interested about how you take your competencies and then use them in a different skill set. Uh, she was right. the one who hired me to to my job in Copenhagen Airport. Mm. And what I was actually um, part of doing was the first time I was doing doing a recruitment strategy. Um, she she said like, "Hey, do you want to do that?" And I'm like. I, I don't know. I, I've only been working with the recruitment for a year. I don't know how, how yeah. am I supposed to do that? And, and she was basically, well, how would you do a product strategy? And I'm like, oh, that's mm. easy. You just do a SWOT analysis and then you do this and then you do that. And she's like, well, that's what you do in recruitment too. And just by that mindset, it kind of clicked to me that a lot of the things that mm. I was doing in my uh, communications background as in my, uh, in, through my, my formal education, combined with all the years of product management, I could actually take these skills mm. and then convert it into HR. So mm. what I what I do measure is it's time future to recruit. Book. Yeah. What's sorry? There's your future book. <laughs> it's already been written by Jeff Grout, so I don't think I need to read it to do that. <laughs> but the way you write it will be a different way of communicating the same points. True. True. So you look at the my favorite book, The Life of Feminine Magic of Not Giving a, um, um, you know, that word, um, which I absolutely love. There's one by Sarah Knight and somebody wrote one practically the same at the same time. But I want Sarah Knight's one because I prefer the way she writes. Yeah. So I bet you would True. explain it in a completely different way. True. So, and the world needs another hundred. female author. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I just think it's so it's it's I don't know. Um, I think some of the things that that always surprise me when I do my speaker sessions is that that um, to me some of this used to be um, I'm thinking like this is so basic, but when I speak to people, when I talk to people, and when I when I go out there, I realize that the majority of recruiters just don't think like that. Yeah. Um, the reason that it's basic to you is because it's your natural gift and you're in flow. So whatever's I easy I, for I realize us, that. <laughs> I that's our gift. And that other people will be like, I, yeah, so you should share it more and you should, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I just, I, I don't even think I've heard this before. Have you, Audra? Oh, I was just thinking it's kind of similar to me when I talk about marketing concepts to recruiters. Exactly. To me, I'm like, this is so simple. But to them, it's like, whoa, this is so different. But at the same time, they know a ton of things I don't know. I'm not saying, I mean, they know a ton of stuff I don't understand, but it, that's natural for me. It's the same thing. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah. I, you don't have to be an expert in anything, everything. Be an expert in your piece. Yeah. I just think it needs to be shared more, Heidi. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> Good, do more. Don't worry yeah. about the babies. According to Audra, they're out in the lawn anyway. Right. <laughs> Um, I'm curious about what you do speak about when you when you do speak, Heidi. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to Kiev in two weeks. Um, where oh, I'm going that's to such be... a lovely conference. You'll enjoy that. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I know that you spoke there last year, I think it was. Yeah, they're really yeah. lovely. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And uh, what I'm going to speak about, what I usually speak about, is either uh, how to attract, um, recruit, and retain top performers. Or I speak about um, candidate experience. <laughs> wow. 
I think you should be talking about making recruitment a profit center, like talent acquisition, <laughs> a profit center. And like how you did that. Cause actually I don't know how many people are talking about that. That's actually pretty interesting. That should be nine. I think I'm going to write that down, Katrina, that that's yeah. going to be my next one. For sure. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's what so I Karen said that would be super useful for me right now. I reckon half the people in the Slack channel would, uh, in the DBR would also, I know you're not in there, sorry, but Karen is, um, would also be going, because it's that thing, oh, you're just a support function. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. the person bringing in the people that make the, the company productive. Like Exactly. I, I hate, I, I, it really makes, I really, really hate when the people call recruitment as a support function. No, yeah. we're not a support function. We're a business unit that helps you earn or save money. That's the it. That just we drive the that. business. We're we're sure, yeah. ensuring that the people can make you money. If I can hire you somebody who is high performer at a faster rate than the majority of the people that comes into the business, you will be making a lot more money. I I did actually I did a one uh, when I was uh, in an engineering company. I actually did a business case on how much more money we could uh, save if people came into the company just thirty days faster and that they were onboarded about two months faster and then that they performed a, a certain number of percentage better because of the way we hired them and we're talking mm -hmm. about millions of kroners that the company can save per candidate mm -hmm. and there's your book right there yeah. <laughs> i'm so gonna make that happen i'm like so introducing you to kogan page because that needs to be written down and you just lit up when you said it like your yeah. whole body just went and that's why the topic of the show was chosen because you were talking about like, this is ridiculous, but for you, it's easy. And that's great that it's easy, but you have to share it, make it easy for everyone else. And while you're, you're saying all of this, like Karen is saying down the side here, you know, honestly trying to justify any spend to help you do my job is so hard. And Alex Brock has written now recruitment should promote itself as an investment rather than a cost, but it's knowing how to do that. Yes. Exactly. So if you talk the language, it's actually pretty seen as a cost. simple to be quite honest. It's actually to pretty you. Because, no, no, no. <laughs> but all for, for anybody, because all the numbers are yeah. out there, you just need to know what you're looking for. For example, one, one thing that I, one thing that I always ask the, the company I started is what is your employee turnover? And they know that, but then yeah. the majority of companies don't know how many leave the company within the first year. Mm. Calculate that. Calculate mm. how many people leave within the first year. We know a mishire is somebody who leaves the company within the first year. How, and we know that it costs between a, a 100 and 200% of a yearly salary to hire the wrong person. There's your business case. Mm. Just one number. Yeah. I have a question about this. You said onboard them two, month, two months sooner. How do you do that? Mm -hmm. Well, to me, there is, uh, I actually, yeah. Um, to me, there's the whole pre-boarding phase, which a lot of companies don't do. It's basically you sign the contract and then you come in like in Denmark, it will typically be one and a half months later, maybe two months later, uh, because we have a one month notice period. Uh, and then it's like you sign the contract and then you're get, getting a letter saying, okay, come and meet us, uh, nine o'clock that day. And that's basically all the communication that there is from the day you sign the contract to the day they start. You should start onboarding people from then. That's the time they're most motivated to know everything about the company. Send them company mm. strategies. Send them and enroll them in the company already there. That's one thing. Next thing is mm. what I say. There's a difference between introducing people to a company, onboarding people to a company, and making them time to perform. Shorten that. 
So if you're introducing, this is like, here's the coffee machine and there's the bathrooms, and that's an introduction to the company. When you onboard them, which the majority of the companies do today, it's like, well, here's your colleagues and these are your key stakeholders, etc. What you need to do is you need to get them to do their tasks as fast as possible. You need to introduce mm. them to the strategy and the goals and the KPIs and everything else, and then mm. get them into a role as soon as possible. Um, yeah. And it's when you do that- in, It's all the nuances, isn't it, as well? Like the, the little subtleties. So on top of being bought into all of that, it's like if they've got a, a, an onboarding buddy who can sort of show them all the silly stuff like, you know, who has the toner cartridges for the printer and all this kind of shit that can stump yeah. you for an hour. Yeah, just the silly stuff that's not written down absolutely anywhere or yeah. all the unwritten rules about, you know, well, Heidi's actually your go-to person for this, but we haven't yeah. written that down anywhere. That kind of stuff, that's all what you're talking about, isn't it? Actually, yeah. Uh, I, th I think there definitely that can, that can hinder your performance in the company too, but I think uh, and some of it is, is more like... Um, it takes too long before you actually hand over actual assignments to the candidates. Mm. Um, and you need to do yeah. it faster than they're doing today. And then there are different kinds of mechanics. I mean, for example, instead of having a buddy, why don't you have a mentor? Why don't you have um, mm. Mm. a senior partner in the company that invests time in you uh, uh, that can actually get you to and challenge you to the next level? This, the day you start. These are, mm. are only in talent programs. That's when you get a mentor. Yeah. But everybody, everybody yeah. you hire should be a talent. Otherwise, you shouldn't hire them. Oh, this Adam. sounds like the argument I had with Adam the other week. <laughs> <laughs> um, do any companies do that? Have you ever heard of companies doing that where you have a mentor right from the start? There are yeah. companies with mentors. Yeah, but heard not of. from the start. No. They're, they have buddies. They have buddies, but not like mentors or, or something like that. I mean, in but reality, did, it should be like you're in a I did find one. Room. I'll have to pull it out. Oops. Did we lose Heidi? No, no, I'm here. Oh, oh you just froze. <laughs> <laughs> so at your new company, are you going to get that going? What, sorry? At your new company, I know you're just starting on Monday, but yeah. are you going to try and get that going and, and help them with that? Or maybe they um, have some kind of no. That's not going to be my roles as much. I'm I'm having like mm. uh, my my new role is like four parts, uh, four different parts. Um, one is to find new customers uh, to sell personality mm. tests to, and and the other part is being a key account manager to the existing customers. So that's like the sales part of it. Um, then there's mm. a third of my job that's about um, certifying people in the in the different personality tests, and then the last fourth of the job is um basically inspiration um maybe doing workshops um getting the knowledge out there doing conferences and all that writing articles and blogs and everything else yeah so you're not going to be really in recruitment anymore no not really i have completely changed paths yeah and i think i think part of it is that i i'm a little bit disillusionized <laughs> I, I just don't think that companies are ambitious enough and I'm tired of being Don Quixote fighting the windmills. Um, and I think that it's going well, to take Well, before you time. completely give up on us, write the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going back to recruitment at some point, but I just didn't feel like there were any of the, the positions that were out there that would enable me to, to do the changes that I think we should do. I, I don't think they're radical enough. Mm. 
They're they're too old fashioned. And, I wonder if that's a Denmark thing though. I think you would find it different in different country. That's the thing. See, the, the funny thing is, I've had several people. But you're very that settled. I'm too, I'm too big for Denmark. <laughs> How rude to be told you're too big for your country. I'm not too big. Well, how do you say that in English? Um, it's it's like uh, they're they're comfortable well, here. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I think Denmark is too small for your creative thinking, rather. But I, I do actually think it's a country thing. I think you'd be quite surprised. Um, I appreciate you're all settled and everything. That's why I'm saying write the book. Debbie's already said she's going to get it. I'll get the book. Audra will get the book. There's three copies of. By the way, it only completely and utterly takes over your life. But I'll be happy to help you get started. <laughs> so, Thank you. I think that would be a project when I have twins that are just a little bit more old. No, but you could just do it part time, you know, an hour here, an hour there. No. <laughs> I, I would say it's like the equivalent of you having 10 puppies. Yeah, One was enough. Exactly. So I had, I'm trying I had to think, two, he's, he's just turned seven, so I must have been <laughs> just about 41 when I got him. And it was like my life had been turned upside down. Yeah. So when you said you were having twins at the age you were having them, I was like, oh, but he made me so exhausted and I can leave him alone for five hours and you know, exactly. go out the door. <laughs> Exactly, and you just oh, don't have any time at all. I mean, there's so there's very limited time, but so how are yeah, they helping you? Are you going to be are you going to be able to work remotely and flexibly and or? Well, see, that's I I that's one of the things I love about this company. Um, first of all, um, they have very flexible working hours. So if I work overtime, I actually can take those hours off and a different time. Where in the past ten years, it's always <gasps> been including my salary to work extra hours. Uh, but they don't want that. They want a very healthy life, uh, life balance. So, uh, so they're very adamant so about cool. that. You can't have uh, overtime, and if you do, then you have to take the hour some some time else. Uh, the second thing is it's only twenty minutes away from where I live, which is the shortest I've ever traveled to a job. So that's that's, that's cool. really fortunate too. And it's great that you already speak and stuff. So, you know, you better get clients that way. Hopefully, we'll see. That's it. That's the one thing I've never done before. I've never sold anything before. Um, but you but... don't sell from stage. <laughs> that's the thing. You've never seen me get up on stage and say, "Hey, buy my training or buy my whatever." Yeah. It, you get up and you add value, and then people book you. So yeah, you get yeah, up and you, you talk about you give a case study of, you know, how a client did this and how that improved their recruitment or yeah. whatever, and it goes that way. Yeah, it, you're quite. Your network within the recruitment community is going to be fantastic. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I, I, well, I do have, I'm fortunate to have a um, privilege to have a great network. Um, I just don't, I've never really learned how to do the whole sales part, but I also know that, you know, I can sell sand in Sahara when I believe in it. And I believe in this, which is why I chose yeah. it. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking that, you know, there are certain, there, and that's one of the things I wanted a job. In every interview I've been to, I kept saying, I want a job where I don't know everything. Because the past couple of jobs yeah. I've had has been the same kind of thing. And it's been things I've been doing over and over again successfully. But it was just like, now it's my turn to learn. I want, I want to be thrown yeah. out there and not know what I'm doing. You, know, you might get questions like this one. <laughs> so Karen's asking, like, uh, do the tests, are they designed to pick up whether someone is trying to fake answers, which we've all done right? <laughs> we're no, like, I don't want this. No, we're clicking that. So I, within the tests themselves, um, are, do, are they actually designed to pick up if someone is is putting in fake answers, not truthful answers? Well, see, that's that's why you need the right kind of tests. Oh, I, that's a whole, we could do a whole pod, uh, show on that. 
Um, that's why you need to, to pick the right tests. The right test, there's, there's one test that I have done that I have worked with for about eight years. And I know every single question. There's about 256 different factors that you can measure on. And I know yeah. every single question, which factor it goes to, because I know the test so well, but I can't affect mm -hmm. it. I can affect maybe one or two of them in a slight direction, but I can't do all 36 ones that you, or 32 ones that you see in the, uh, in the test result. So it's basically right. about having a test that's both have a high validity and a high predictive mm. uh, value. And if you have that, was, then it's, yeah. Yeah. I always find the NLP one quite funny because once you understand the, the, the common words in NLP, you can sit and read the test as you answer it. Cause it's exactly. like, it's because it, all the different words, it's quite amusing. What's going yeah, on the in the live channel thing. about you being a terrible recruiter, Audra? What, what am I missing? <laughs> assume that I was a recruiter at some point, but I never have been. And I had to hire someone recently and it was so hard. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I always had respect for recruiters, but now I get it even more so. So <laughs> I thought you did it before you became what you do now. No, people always think that. Right? Oh, what but did it's you always hardest to recruit for yourself though. Yeah, that's what someone was saying. That's interesting. Why is that? I think because that's when your emotions get in the way. When you when you're sitting on the side, you don't have to be emotionally involved. Uh, but when it's somebody that you need to connect with, that's when you let your mo emotions and biases rule. Interesting. So have they given you a lovely onboarding process during your um, time between offer and actually, starting? I, I, uh, one of the things I really am in, well, I'm starting on Monday, but uh, what, she has invited yeah. me to all kinds of things uh, that, that yeah. like a seminar with the uh, with the group that were redesigning their website and um, a conference that she's doing and all kinds of things. So she, she invited me to all these things that were, um, and different certifications of the tests. Um, so yeah. basically, yeah, the, I think in that direction she has, um, mm -hmm. but it's also a small company. Um, and I think yeah. what I like about it is that they're quite authentic. It's just kind of, mm -hmm. you, you feel the more I get to know them, the more at ease, I feel there's no political games. There is, it's just down to earth people. And it makes me feel relaxed. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Did, did you, during your, because, uh, you know, I'm just getting down the gritty. So during your looking for a job thing, did you go through any bad experiences? Because <laughs> um, I just love the job. way that, particularly if it's a recruiter going for a recruiter job or et cetera, around that field, we treat each other so badly. I, I have I have two examples. There's one job <clears throat> that I applied for in November, and I still haven't heard from them. Um, you interviewed or just send in an application? I send an application. And I still haven't heard anything but oh, right. uh, the yeah. receipts. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, black hole. Then I had another one where I interviewed, um, and before I send the application, I uh, called up and I talked with the HR director, and I said, you know, this is my situation. I'm a mom of twins. But we haven't worked out the way that I'm kind of the career woman at home. So my husband is taking care of the twins. He'll take the sick days and all these things. And I understand that there is a certain amount of travel, which is something I've done before. And I would be happy to do again. And we have it all figured out uh, between us. Mm. Um, so knowing that, would you still be interested in me sending an application? Um, and she was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. And she heard my background. And she was like, sounds like a really good idea. Let's try to send your application. Mm. And she invited me to the interview. And then like in the middle of the interview, they started asking a lot of questions about my motivation for the job and my, um, yeah. whether or not it would be a problem for me to travel. And how did I think about being a new mom with the twins? And I'm like, 
Okay, first off, you're really, really, you're bordering on a very gray zone because that's illegal, the things you're asking me about right now. And you're mm-hmm. telling it to mm. somebody who's been working with recruitment for the past 12 years, which is not such a good idea in my view. And mm. thirdly, why did you invite me to an interview when I already told you all these things up front? So just don't. I mean, respond. And then when I got the rejection, I got it per email. That was a mm. good one. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? I spent about three. Special. I spent about two hours during the application, about maybe two hours preparing for the interview. Then I had the interview, so maybe about five or six hours of my time. And what they could do was send me a standard email. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, I'm not working for that. Company. It should never, <laughs> ever, ever be that. Nope. I mean, even if you email to arrange a call and then someone chooses not to have a call, that's different, yeah. but it should be a call. It should be human to human. Look, yeah. Uh, yeah and, and the, we do that to our own. Kinda... That's what annoys me. We do that to our own. So it's just like, you know, and we, you know, we who know better. It's frustrating. Anyway, I don't True. know. I mean, I, but I always kind of feel like that's, I mean, most of the jobs that I've applied for are jobs where I'm going to be bettering the recruitment process. So basically what I'm usually thinking is like, okay, there's, there's something for me to do here. Yeah. It is a challenge for you. Yeah. <laughs> why nah. two hours long? What kind of applies two hours long? That's crazy. Uh, what's so, the apply? How, why did it take two hours to do the application? Oh, um, uh, because, because I'm slow. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that. Was, was that you changing your CV to match the job description, or was that the actual form no, you filled out? No, the no the CV I don't change that much. Um, it's the application that I do, um, and because I I want to see exactly what they're writing in their uh, job ads for me to match mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and I want right. to point out the different kinds of ways that I can make a difference to them. So for me, it's like mm-hmm. a sales letter. Yeah, And I, I go on the website, I study, I try to find anything I can about their strategy, about their business goals, about their setup of the company, uh, what their visions are, what their values are, and all these things I try to relate to in my application. Mm. That's smart. Yeah, I know, I know everybody thinks people just click and apply. I just don't think people do. I think they spend time. Most well. people do. I mean, uh, with Audrey, the amount of applications I've just... read through. <laughs> Yeah. Audrey, I think there's just a delay in being heard. That's all. It, it's, it's just for me or for everyone. I think you to Heidi and me to Heidi. I think we're both having it. You and I aren't. Yeah. I, okay. I'd say probably because Heidi's internet's probably a tiny bit slower or something. But we can hear you and fine. And it's also it's lower. Just... Uh, the volume is for some reason for Audrey is lower than you, Katrina. Hmm. Oh, that's probably the settings on the. Yeah. I've got mine turned up probably on the actual computer. So, and I just talk loud. Or just probably talking quiet, like she always does. She's the dignified one of the two of us, except for that purple fringe. So, <laughs> interesting point Mike has over here, but let me see if I can find it because it was so far back. Here we go. He says, perhaps not a popular view, but to be honest, not until our corporate recruitment teams start making external placements and charging fees will we start being called a profit center. That's interesting. Oh, really? That's interesting. That. Yeah. What do you mean um, by that, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're going to start taking again. our own people and placing them outside. 
Well, what do I you mean to make that business case whether or not we should do um, external, whether we should outsource the recruitment uh, function rather than doing it in-house. And in-house recruitment can do it way faster, cheaper, and higher quality. So there's that. Um, then oh, there's, okay. Actually, like an agency. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the other part is that the, the if you have that kind of discussion with your uh, with your company, in my view, it's because they they don't see you as a strategic function. And again, we're back to the business mm. cases. Do you know exactly yeah. how much it costs you to hire? Do you know your cost of hire? Do you know your time to hire? Do you know how they perform the people that come in? Do you know if they stay or not? Do you know mm. your personality turnover? Do you know the the engagement? All these different things you, you can actually manager. connect together. Yeah. I wonder how much of that's monitored, but that would come back to time. So if they aren't giving, being given enough resource to monitor all of that as well. So it's like a I've never had a problem with that, to be honest. I've never had a problem with not getting the right resources. Um, because then either, either I get that's the resources I need. exceptional. Yeah, well, it's because you basically have to, you basically just use the triangle. You know, you can, you can get, you have, you have a uh, time. Let me see if I can remember my daft brain after one and a half year. You have time, quality, and what is the third factor? Time. I, I always draw this triangle. Time, quality, and oh, I can't remember it right now. Speed. Time, quality, oh. speed. So you can get something fast and high quality, but then it won't be cheap. Mm. You can yeah. get something, um, you know, you can get something cheap, but then it won't be high quality. So based on what you have, mm -hmm. what kind of budget you have, what kind of resources you have, you can always show the, the management what they're getting. If I'm, if I'm being yeah. told I have to save a, a headcount, which is what you experience mm -hmm. once in a while, then I'll just show you, yeah. okay, that's good. Then we, which, which part of this that we're doing, don't you want us to do anymore? Yeah. I can there tell you go. Time, exactly quality, the cost. Amount, I, I can tell you exactly what percentage my recruiters are using on what. And I can tell you exactly how much mm. it costs. And I can tell you exactly what kind of things that we're doing. Mm. Another factor yeah, is, for yeah, example, this how is many times... This is easy for what? you. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes back to this is easy for you. This is how you think. Like, you think differently. I think recruitment as a business. Yeah. If, if you, if That's you start, why you if, need if, to put it in a box so we can all do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's recruitment as a business. No, recruitment is a business, or this is how, how recruitment is a business. I don't know. It's interesting. It's just, I think it would, I, I just feel that you, you need to share this. I'd appreciate where you're going with your business, but actually it'll get you business as well <laughs> at the same time. Because you'd be like, because the people doing recruitment can use these tools, but it's that understanding of how we can think differently. Because a lot well, of the time it's true. like hiring managers asking me, I need to get bum on seat. And that's what they're focused on. Right. And, and, and I always, I always comply with that. You know, um, when I start in a company, I usually tell my manager, you know, there's going to be some people that absolutely hate me. There's going to be some people that will love me. And then there's all the middle ones. But what I can guarantee you is when they've worked with me one or two times, um, then usually you'll have somebody who'll be a fan because they see the difference that I do. Uh, and they see the difference in information and the, the, the decision foundation that they get from what, and I talk business with them. That's, mm. that's the difference. Do you know, when you go to hire for a manager, do you know what his strategic goals are? You should, mm. you should know what his business, what, what is worrying him? So when he tells you, you know, yeah, I, I lost John and I need a new John. 
And then you go like, okay, so is that your strategy? What kind of competencies did John have? And what do you need in the future? But if, if that's what you're saying, how does that match the strategy that you're doing right now? How does, how does the task mm -hmm. that you're describing to me, how does that match the picture? Can you try to explain that to me? Mm. And once you start having that conversation, they start to listen to you. Right. And maybe they don't, they need someone different than John this time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I think, again, that goes back to the, you know, how to do that. And I think yeah. a lot of, still a lot of recruiters just get handed job description from the hiring oh, manager. They absolutely do. That was and, from and, two and, years ago. And they don't push back because yeah. they don't know how to push do. back because they haven't been mentored like you've been mentored. Like there's a whole... Yeah, I just think exactly. there needs to be education in that space a lot. But there isn't, there isn't an edu isn't it interesting? There's mm. an HR education, but you don't get trained as a recruiter. No. It, it's, it's learning by doing. So it, it really depends on who teaches you, doesn't it? And what if yeah. you're interested in getting <clears throat> knowledge from different sources? I mean, my eye opener was definitely seeing Jeff Grout um, at a, at a, at a, uh, like early in my career, I saw him uh, doing a speaker session uh, somewhere and then I read his book and that, that just inspired me to think um, recruitment as a business and to take mm. all the knowledge I had about businesses to put that into what I was doing. Mm. What's the name? And of I the love book? making was... business cases. Yeah. What's the name of the book, Heidi? It's called uh, Recruiting Excellence. It's written by mm. uh, Jeff Grout and somebody else. I can't remember Sarah or something. Cool. I'm it will, so it will really back. give you Sorry. a lot of information that you can use um, in building your business cases. Yeah. yeah. ROI, which is a challenge for so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a challenge also because you're fighting it. It's, I mean, I'm not saying that people are, are not skilled enough. I think, I think a lot of people are simply don't have the necessary knowledge. You, yeah. you're, you're, you just it's, don't know that, that you can do it differently. It's down. Yeah, but yeah. also, it's, and, and it's a bit like what Karen's just said here. Um, if It's not just having the knowledge that you need the information. It's also having that little bit of audacity and fearlessness to say, no, this is not yeah. how I'm going to recruit for you. Um, exactly. So, and Karen has, you know, it's the reason I did, by the way, she, she would push back. Um, it's the reason I didn't stay more than six months in the big four company because they never wanted to do briefings. You couldn't yeah. consult. And of course, everything will go to shit. That's not what she said. That was my interpretation of what she wrote. Audra is also making everybody hungry and thirsty in the side channel. This is why you should come online. It's much more fun. You brought it up. Sorry? It was Michael's fault, not mine. No, you started with the pizza. <laughs> She's incorrect. Sorry, we were using the triangle for food and drink. <laughs> well, I can't. It's because Audra's feet completely stopped in the video, so I can't see what she's doing. Oh, can you not see her? She's just smiling and looking pretty. Don't worry about her. <laughs> it's some other comments going in the side channel that are quite funny. I don't know if you okay. can see the chat channel. I don't know if it's open for you. I, I can. I can. I just yeah. don't have time to, to read it at the same time. I'm trying to say something smart here. No, it is, it's actually quite funny when we lose our guests because you see them go over here and like, I've just asked a question and they're gone. Like, <laughs> so I'm glad you're not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When that happens, it's quite amusing. But it does add to our Friday funny, doesn't it? It's going to be done like it that. It is Friday. So. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever been in that situation where your hiring manager is being an um, expletive? That's a good way of putting it. Where you, you like, how have you handled that? Because you know that you need to get the knowledge from them. Oh, yeah. 
but that, uh, that I want I to talk to you. So, I, 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 oh man, I have I have tons of examples of that. Um, <laughs> let me think. I had one manager. We in one um, job that I had, uh, it was voluntary yeah. whether or not the manager wanted to bring us with him to the interviews. Yeah, um, we could offer it, but if he said no, then he said no. Um, mm -hmm. And this particular manager, it took me three years before he invited me to an interview with him. Um, of course, when so he his did, or to sit in <laughs> on his interviews. Actually, yeah, he would just do the interviews without me, and then finally he, oh, okay, he asked you. me to. Yeah, he would do the interviews without me, and finally he he invited me to to do the interviews with him. Um, and when when we had the first candidate, I'll never forget that when we had interviewed the first candidate. He basically just turned over and looked at me and he went, oh my gosh, I just have so much to learn. And I'm like thinking in myself, yeah, I knew that. I knew that three years ago, but at least we're here now. Um, so what did you do during the three years? Bribe him with pizza as Audra would? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I think I, um, uh, well, I've had other, I've, I actually, maybe I can give you another example because I also had another manager who wasn't used the necessary time to do the job analysis. And I call it a job analysis because it's not a job description. A job description will describe yeah. certain factors. A job analysis is a 360 mm. degree profile on that particular job that takes into account the strategy, the goals, the KPI, all these things that you don't talk about in the mm -hmm. job description. Uh, yeah. So I call it a job analysis and she wouldn't do it. And she didn't want to do the kind of things that we needed to do in order to produce a good mm -hmm. job at, and in order to yeah. be for me to be able to interview, um, properly. And I basically mm -hmm. said to her, you know what, I'm okay with that, but then you're doing it without me. I'll hear all the tools here, all everything. I'll post whatever you want, but I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and we had some heated discussion doing that, but I, I simply <laughs> won't do it. Then they can do it on yeah. their own. And then, you know, what they do is and, they And give do them it. three months to cock it up and then they'll come back and say, uh, exactly. actually, Heidi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also had a manager who went to, to me and he was like, I really don't believe yeah, in I just think you were born doing. with audacity. You see, mm -hmm. it's like we just need to have a little Heidi audacity pill that we can give to people. <laughs> you were just born, like, with this. It's, this is the thing. I'm not all recruiters that, that audacious, if that makes sense. To actually say I think no. The first thing, the first thing is that you cannot be afraid of losing your job. To be mm. quite honest. And they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you're afraid of losing your job, then you will most likely say yes to things that you're not happy with. So mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. about knowing what your values are, what is important to you, and most of all, losing a job is not the end of the world. Obviously, if you're being if you're being an, an asshole, if I can say this, <laughs> if you're being an asshole, yeah. that's a different thing. But if you're being professional, then in the end, and if you show what you're doing, obviously when, when I start mm. to recruit with people, they don't know me. So what I do is I, mm. I'm like, okay, I'll take them one step and then I'll take them a next step and then I'll take them a third step. And by the time we've worked together for a little bit of time, they start understanding the things that I do. Um, and, and mm. I think that's, that's my, my forte in a way is that I'm patient also. I'm extremely yeah. impatient on business, but I'm also patient in getting the people with me. Yeah. Audra, what was your question? Well, I'm just saying it's easy, it's nice to say you shouldn't be afraid of losing your job, but what if you're like a single mom or you were the only breadwinner? It is it's it's it is scary. Then you find option. the right job while you have one. Yeah. And then you make sure that you interview the people well enough to understand that it's the right place for you. I mean, obviously there are going to be times in your life 
where that's a thing. I mean, I, I, I was alone in my house in Malmö some years ago and I couldn't afford to lose my job. Um, luckily I was a good place, but, but, um, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you have a job you don't, you, mm. you don't, you can't comply with, but then you, I mean, we have probably the best job market in years. Mm, um, so mm. it, it's also a matter of, of facing your own fears and, 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 and mm. one of the models I have to myself, I have for myself is what would you do if you weren't afraid? Because 80% of the decisions that we make on a daily basis are made out of fear. Yeah. I don't want to base my decisions on fear. Mm. And it's it's that it's that hilarious thing how we worry about it going this way, whereas it could go a thousand yeah. different ways. But we were and so I do and, that. and we can create that by thinking it's gonna happen that way. And then it does. It's like, but if we went, what else? Um, you're getting some beautiful comments in the side channel of complete support oh. as well. Um, Michael Cox, who of course we adore. I used to be scared too, but now I'm like, come at me, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I think I just did that in uh, Kiwi, Karen, just for you. Um, okay, Mark's now self-employed and seeing real scary moments. Karen, right. I contracted for years. You get scared for sure, but you push back a bit and you see where you get. That's true, isn't it? Just push the comfort zone. Exactly, yeah, but... and and you don't have to do. You don't have to change everything in a day. But if you start talking business, they will listen to you. If you start talking yeah. money, they will listen to you. If you know mm. the key numbers of your company, they will listen to you. Mm. And if you know your your skills, if you if you can, and and of course you're always gonna find. I mean, I had one manager who who I had a big discussion. It was not my my finest moment, but I had a big discussion with him about <laughs> a job ad. Um, and I was like, in the end, I was like how many job ads have you written? And he was like, four. And I'm just thinking to myself, gosh, I have an education in communication. I've written more than a hundred job ads and you still think you do a better job than me. Those are the days that was not my finest moment because I ended up having my manager call me and tell me that I should kind of shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think Heidi, you and I may have had the same conversations in the office. Yeah. <laughs> Katrina, pull your head in. Heidi, pull your head in. But it's for the greater good. Exactly. <laughs> but I think I think you're right. It is finding the company that actually respects that, isn't it? That you know yeah. you do know what you're doing, and and because you are talking business, you're coming across as professionals. So exactly. And I think I think there's there's a handful full of people who who you know, I think it's a lot about how you communicate it, to be honest. Um, because if I had, if I had communicated differently, I would have gotten him on board. Um, I was just stressed out and everything else. And you can't be that when you're trying to do a change process. Um, but most of the people, they just kind of, what well, it's really a revelation, especially when I do the job analysis with them, it's such a revelation for them. It's like, wow, you're asking me questions I haven't even thought about. And we start doing that and you get them to reflect. That's the mm. beauty of the moment. That's when they start to to trust you. Mm. Yeah. I so wish I'd talked to you while I was doing my intake strategy session. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's pretty good, but I'm sure you've got extra questions that could have gone in there. We'll have to have like a little, you know, <laughs> another. That's the, that's the second book. An addendum. An addendum oh, yeah. to the book. So. I can see what Mark says, how being self-employed, or a consultant that terrifies me but some people think it's amazing and it's for them but that's been real fear when you don't know if you know next quarter you're going to have clients or money coming in a lot of people love that but i couldn't do that just it takes the right personality i guess I, I yeah think it definitely walking, yeah 
yeah, walking away from a paycheck was one of the hardest things I ever did, but now it's like I could not be employed. And and that was reinforced to me actually uh, over the last week or so that I, yes, freedom is like a drug. Yeah. I yeah. just, I, I don't have to answer to anyone. I don't have to be told you can't do this for mm. some stupid reason that makes no sense to me. I don't have to put up with the office politics. Um, you gave up a lot of security too, though. I gave up a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, financially, I, yeah, I, I, I certainly have given up a lot. <laughs> so, um, but I don't mind because I just, I, I think the freedom and the travel and the, like I've just been in Kuwait last week I was in Seattle. It's like, you know. I mean, one thing is, is uh, of course you need, of course you need a certain amount of money to live, but what mm. we consider living can be different things. And I remember when yeah. I decided to walk, go away from a walk away from a job that I had only been in for a year, because basically what I was doing was recruiting between 35 and 45 positions at the same time, which is not the mm. way I want to do quality. Um, and I was, I was looking at it. Okay. If I went, uh, if I became unemployed and I was getting the unemployment check from the, from the state that we get here in Denmark, mm. um, and with the economy that I have, this would be an amount I had over. And I'm thinking, you know what? I, I do not work for money. If I can mm. just get food and I can get dinner on the table and I can pay mm. my bills, then I don't care. I do not work yeah. for money. It's just not, it's just yeah. not who I am. It's never been a yeah. value to me. It's yeah. And actually that's a lot of it as well, Audra as well. Uh, I mean, you're in a different situation to me. You know, I've got two dogs, you've got two children. It's a bit different. Um, but that thing as well, if you really are doing that thing that you're super enthusiastic about and is your flow and the easy thing, the money just comes anyway. Yeah, it yeah. just, because you, you're doing something for greater good. Which is quite cool. Um, just really quickly, because we're running out of time. Oh, you could talk all day. Um, speaking of things for greater good, so of course I run Disrupt HR, and Jonathan uh, from Job Video actually does the videoing, and he's our guest next week, and he's going to talk about recruitment videos, which Audrey would love. Um, <laughs> so we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And other ways you can use them as well. They do chatbot videos and all sorts of stuff, so it should be quite fun. So sorry, I just wanted to throw that in because it was a beautiful segue from what we were talking about. <laughs> Back to what we were talking about, there's been quite a lot of research I've heard of, not recently, but that you only need a certain amount of money, and it's not even that high, and any more doesn't actually make you happier at all. But it's funny, because we're always chasing, like, I want to raise, I'm going to put a white promotion, I'm going to... Money doesn't make you happy. Yeah. Happy comes from within. Yeah, happy's a choice. I just overly simplified that. But you don't think like that, even though it's true, because you don't think, I want a different job, I'm going to take a pay cut. No one thinks they want that. Oh, no. But, I, but in general, I, people are excited about that idea. But maybe they... I, you know. Yeah, I think to do that dream job, I think I've heard of people taking pay cuts yeah. recently. No, and then I, no. That, that happens, but it's not... You don't. You think it's so much more important than it is, I think. The pay. I think it depends on the situation. There go the babies again. Yeah, I'm sorry. Lost, I was zoning out because I could just hear <laughs> that he was... Uh... <laughs> it's good practice for him for next week. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's just it's really stressful when I can hear it in the background. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I completely agree that happiness happiness is a choice um, in most cases. and to me, But I also think some some people do get happy by money. Because money can buy you things, money, and mm. if that's what you're, it's that if you're in, in um, 
if your happiness comes from an external nation, from things outside yourself, mm -hmm. then you're always going to chase the next goal. You're always going to chase the next thing. Yeah. But the moment for me, true happiness is when it starts to come from the inside, when you start to realize for me, true happiness is not everything out there. It's what I feel inside. It's mm -hmm. what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things when I recruited here, I gave myself about, I was like, I hope I'm, I'm in a job before uh, summer, but I gave myself a whole year because I just don't want to work for a company where I don't match the values. Yeah. And I know that limits it's my choices, but we, uh, we, rearranged loans in the house we um we did different things and and i'm thinking that's it I and mean, then we'll just have to scale mm -hmm. down some stuff yeah mm -hmm. that's what it is sometimes isn't it yeah so I exciting that you've started on monday again what did you say sorry uh, just so exciting that you start on monday your new adventure yeah. that's so weird you just lent in and we could hear you when you were sitting back we couldn't that is so weird audra Maybe your microphone's not plugged into fully or something. How weird. So are you counting down? Are you ready? Have you got your new pens? You polished your shoes? You know, it's like first day <laughs> I at just, school. I just ironed my shirts today. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm ready. Um, I'm excited. It's going to be a new life, but I, I feel confident that, um, I, I feel kind, kind of confident with the environment and my new, my new boss, the CEO. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that to me is the, if I have the right company and the right uh, manager, then I know I can perform. It's just, yeah. it's the way it is for me. And everything that we I've seen so far just makes me more excited. Test. Yeah, we had, yeah. We, had a team, we, we had a team dinner last week. Um, yeah. And I cannot honestly remember laughing so much in like 10 years with colleagues. It was That's nonstop. So I was crying with laughter. And that just gave me such a good feeling to know that I'm starting there on Monday. Well, we all want to take the test because we want to know how accurate it is. Because, of course, we're all very self-aware, all of the people on this show. So, um, <laughs> um, Orchard just dropped a bombshell that she was meant to keep until after the show, but we're not allowed to actually read it and react to it at all. So those who are watching, listening to the podcast, see, this is why you should tune it in. Anyway, um, we're out. We're done. We're out of time. I can't believe how fast that went. Thank you for... Thank outsourcing you. the baby feeding to your husband so you could come and join <laughs> us here and share i mean my gosh all that wisdom yeah. so i yeah i've written just so many notes i can't wait to go back and re-listen to it so i am um, so super excited that i was allowed to be on here audrey and uh, katrina it's just been what you mean allowed <laughs> we let anyone on <laughs> as long as they're fun <laughs> All welcome, all welcome. We're very inclusive here on the social recruiting show. But thank you, God, so much wisdom. I want that book. I'm going to make that yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks. And, and good luck. All, everybody Monday. was writing all those nice comments. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, you uh, need to go reread them. Lots feel free of to connect with me there. and feel free to free feel to to connect with me and feel free to ask me any questions. I'll be happy to um, to inspire. Well, you definitely do that for sure. Anyway, thank you. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thanks, Audra. Bye. 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 Bye.